Clip City is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know that Clippers ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. The Clippers have two big games this week, one against the Milwaukee Bucks on Wednesday, one against the Portland Trailblazers on Thursday. It's a hell of a back-to-back. I I think you should want to be at one of those games, if you can, uh, of course. Uh, But you should check out either game on the Game Time app. I think Kawhi is going to play them both. I I can't make any promises. So I I apologize if anyone buys a ticket. uh, He doesn't play. But either way, it should be a good game. Uh, you know, I think the Bucks is a potential finals preview. Blazers are obviously a playoff uh, caliber team, a, a team that the Clippers might be fighting with for seeding. So both games should be really good. You should check both of them out on Game Time. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last minute tickets. Welcome to episode five of the Clip City podcast. I am your host, Jovan Buha, Clippers beat writer for The Athletic. I'm joined by my good buddy, Jack Appleby, director of creative strategy for ad agencies in LA. We're here to talk about the new City Edition jerseys, the Clippers rebrand overall, the new court, uh, them leaning into the color black. Jack, how you doing? I'm good. It's been a good start to the season, so I am very, very excited about just everything about my clippers right now yeah quickly what are, what are your thoughts on this five and two start we're great <laughs> we're awesome i think uh i think the strangest thing for me is actually realizing just how good Kawhi is like, <laughs> like we've all watched him be great the last couple of years but there's always some weird headline where it's either like this is the guy that's beating lebron or this is the guy who's the best player on the team that's beating the hurt warriors um, yeah. but, but even like it's, I actually, Kawhi actually went to my high school. Um, but even watching him now, I'm just like, God, this guy is really amazing. It's definitely different watching someone day in and day out. Like even me who, you know, covers the sport. Like I, I just, I can only see so much Kawhi, especially covering the Clippers last season. You know, I was very focused on the Clippers and, and with traveling and stuff, it's hard to kind of keep track of, you know, I'm watching highlights and I'm, I'm looking up stats and stuff. So I'm kind of aware of what he's doing, but just seeing it on a day-to-day basis has is, is been, um, you know, amazing. Like, I, I think I think he's in that MVP conversation already. I, I think if he can play somewhere around 70 games, he, he probably can win it. And, um, I mean, we'll see what happens when Paul George comes back and how that kind of affects things. And maybe he, you know, splits the ball, ha- handling, you know, sharing uh, a little bit more. But, I kind of think he's going to be their primary playmaker even when Paul George is back. And you're just going to see Paul George off the ball, coming off screen, spotting up, doing different stuff. So, I, I, you know, it, yeah, it's, it's been amazing. I, I think his, his defense has, you know, people have been talking the last couple of years, his defense has slipped, but it, it seems like his defense has kind of gotten back to that level or, or close to it of Pete Kawhi. Um, you know, again, offensively, he's putting up career. Like, it's insane. He's averaging over 29 points a career high and just – a little bit over 30 minutes a game. So like if he was playing 33, 34 minutes, he'd easily be averaging like 31, 32, like eight assists. Like it's just ridiculous what he's doing right now. So yeah, I had those fears. Yeah. I had those fears that we were going to like, as much as I love this Clippers team, I've like, since the second, the trades went down, I was like, this is the NBA champion going forward. I was worried it's going to be such a load management year that like we'd be a three seed, but then have to fight in the, like in the Western Conference finals to get to the finals. But it, now it seems like we have a very real shot at a one seed. Like I'm running around telling my Laker fr- my Laker friends, "Hi, we're the best team in the league, and our uh, other MVP candidate hasn't played a game yet." <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't think you're wrong, um, and and you know it sounds like he should be back soon. So that I mean, yeah, that, that that's kind of the thing is that for 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 as good as they've been, like you know five and two, five and one with Kawhi, uh, you know, including wins over the Lakers, the Spurs, and the Jazz you know, three of the better teams in the West, uh, you know, Lakers might be the other best team in the West. Uh, I, I just think to do all that without Paul George shows what this team ceiling could be, which is, I think the best team in the league, like clearly. Agreed. 
So let's get into this rebrand. Uh, you know, this is a conversation we had had before the end of last season. Um, you know, or was it over the summer? I, I thought it might have been over the summer, actually. Now that I think about it, um, I think it was. Uh, so you know, so, but before this season, uh, you know, a few months ago, we we had the conversation of a potential Clippers rebrand, what that would look like, what that should look like, uh, heading into. You know the the 2024 season when they will likely be moving into their new Inglewood Arena. Uh, so talking about our, you know, we we talked about potential name change and you know logo redesign and rebranding the colors. Uh, you know, leaning into the San Diego Clippers potentially and and like baby blue and orange and and you know red and uh, even maybe the Buffalo Braves colors like. Just a bunch of different stuff, and it seems like we were wrong. Yeah, <laughs> to say like that we were off. <laughs> um, so you know, based on the Clippers' new city edition jerseys, uh, which they designed with LA street uh, artist Mister Cartoon, uh, they are leaning into the black colorway, uh, and their new jerseys are white with. Uh, you know, uh, across the chest, it says Los Angeles in uh, Old English font. Uh, it's a white and black jersey with little hints of red and blue on the side panels, but really primarily white and black. Um, so this is very in line with Mr. Cartoon's other, you know, kind of artwork he's done and, and collaborations he's done with other brands like Nike and, and Vans and Supreme. Um, so... You know, I, I interviewed him a few weeks ago and, and wrote about that. And from from talking to him, from talking to other people around the Clippers, it really does seem like this is their strategy with, with the kind of rebrand. Um, and, and this is something subtle that if you really look at what they've been doing since 2015, you know, the, the signs have been out there. Like they officially added black You know, f- for years now. It's been red and blue. You know, that's kind of how we've associated the Clippers you had like the Darius Miles, Elton Brand, Lamar Odom years, uh, Blake Griffin, Chris Paul. And then in 2015, they officially added black to the color palette. And since then, you know, they, they've always had a black jersey. Uh, as we were discussing before the pod, we don't know what their fourth jersey is right now. We know they have a white one, a blue one, uh, this city edition. We don't know what the fourth one is. I think it's the black one, but I, I could be wrong. And then they're going to have the, the Buffalo Braves throwback. Um, but you know, black has now been a big thing for them. They just have, you know, they redid their court, redesigned it. It, it is now a predominantly, you know, wood paneled court with, with black everywhere. You know, they, they got the black LA, uh, street grid. Um, it's actually pretty cool. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it, but seeing it in person, I actually do like that. And then they're going to have the city edition court, which is basically the same court, but at, at center court, they, they flipped the Clippers logo to the Los Angeles Old English font. So a lot to unpack there, but I'm curious on your take of the rebrand, you know, them leaning into black and kind of how you feel about that. Yeah. I mean, I think the big thing about just even before the, like we talk about which colors, which or preferences is uh, for me, like I like to see it when you lean in hard to whatever your, your next like brand vision is going to be. Um, so we're seeing the black come out in pieces. We're seeing the black court. Uh, obviously, they've used the black jersey the last couple of years. You see the city edition where it's white and black. But like, I think the general public association with the Clippers is still very much the red and the blue. The things we've seen for 20, 40, however many odd years at this point. Um, so it's interesting to me how they've kind of pieced out adding the black um, and I'm good with the black. I'm good with the red and blue. I just wish that if they were going to go towards that and like, I think you're right. I think they're clearly shifting towards a very colossal rebrand here. Um, I wish they do it all at one time versus kind of this pieced out moment. Um, so it's obviously coming to life through just, just so many ways right now um, and kind of getting to the the city edition jerseys. I think my main, like, I think they're individually cool. Like, I really like that in some ways they come off as like a practice jersey, a street court jersey, something like I might wear to the park to go play. Um, But it's just such a sharp contrast to the rest of the Clippers brand that it it sometimes feels strange to me. 
Yeah, like the 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 almost. I mean, you know, the, the, there's been a lot of joking about the the you know the the font of the jersey or you know the previous font of the jersey. Like what once the Clippers rebranded with the the you know Cubs ish logo and and that kind of like you know everyone was joking it was done in like Microsoft Paint and mm-hmm. um, you know kind of web design whatever uh, you know that kind of logo. And, and branding does not really match with the old English. Like the, those are two, you know, complete different brands. Um, and they're different so, attitudes. They're, they're yeah. massively different attitudes. Like I think it, it's funny. I almost think, cause I'm with you. I, I didn't love that first Clippers rebrand. Like it is a very Microsoft ish fonts. Like there's not a lot of character to it. Um, but at the same time, I think I almost have this Stockholm syndrome with it now where yeah. I've, I've seen, I've been a red and blue guy for 15 years and I've had a couple of years of, of that current look. Now that we've got this team that looks like it's going to succeed and go all the way, I almost want that as a fan to like shove that red and blue in everyone's face where it's like, look, what, look at, we're finally doing it. This organization, this team, this company that we've all, that we all loved, even though Lakers fans locally have just laughed at us for years. Like, watch us put the red and blue like right at the top. And it almost feels like we're not getting that opportunity in some ways. Yeah. And you know, for I, what I'm interested in is, is like, you know, because there was the kind of reports that I felt like it didn't end up being like a, a, as big enough of a deal as it probably should have been. But you know, there's kind of the reports that the Clippers, when they did do their rebrand, uh, you know, they, they basically had the they outsourced it to the Miami Heat to have them do their kind of rebranding for them. And, you know, there was I think they had also it was also the pe- same people who did the, the Brooklyn Nets uh, at that time. So it ended up because they did add a lot of black in 2015. And, you know, the kind of reporting and, and rumors and stuff where it was like, you know, they're basically copying the, the Brooklyn Nets and the Miami Heat. Uh, w- with black as a you know adding a black as a prominent color because um, you know that was what was successful and and you know people liked you know the Brooklyn Nets merch has always been hot since the rebrand um, you know it's, it's just clean white black a little bit of gray um, and, and then the Heat obviously have always had a successful colorway so I think um, it, it sounded like the you know the Clippers were looking at that model of you know, black is, you know, black cells, black is a, is a good color to have. And, and they added that. And then that they also redesigned their court, you know, a, a few years ago with, with kind of that in mind, adding some more black into that. Um, so now it does seem like they've fully leaned in. So you know, part of me is like, is that a continuation of, of that kind of thinking of, of a few years ago where, um, you know, it sounded like they, they got some criticism for, kind of just botching the, the rebrand and, and, you know, not, not really kind of rushing it and, and kind of rushing it because there are deadlines with, with these things. And as even you saw um, the summer when LeBron tried to give AD his number, Nike, who, you know, both guys are Nike athletes, you know, squashed it because they're like, we have so much merchandise uh, with LeBron as 23. Like we, we can't mess this up this summer. So like, there are so many things behind the scenes with, with the with the brands and uh, just with with the merchandise that like th- there are a lot of hard deadlines with these things and and it can be hard to make significant changes. So uh, you know I, that's I guess where I, I'm curious of is is how much how much of this is recent with the Clippers branding of, of grit and blue collar and and you know where the black top top like uh, team like last season a, a, an internal quote they had was. It's all about the black top, not the big top. And that was a subtle shot at the Lakers who, you know, are the big top in, in this, uh, you know, analogy. But, um, yeah, I, I guess I'm I'm interested to kind of see where they're going with this because it almost feels like in a way they're becoming Brooklyn Nets West. And it, there's so many parallels between the franchises where, you, you know, you're the second team in the city. Uh, you, you haven't had the best history. Like the Nets have had a better history than the Clippers, but – the Nets have also had, you know, a couple of decades there where they were just terrible uh, in like the 80s and 90s. And, you know, there are, you know, Nets are behind the Knicks. Clippers are behind the Lakers in, in terms of, you know, te- kind of supremacy in the city. Uh, I, I don't know. But the, there are a lot of parallels between the Nets here. And, you know, they did kind of take part of their redesign in, in 2015 off of that. So, 
I, I don't know. I, I like th- that's my only concern uh, is is like wh- where's this going? What are kind of the the factors leading to this? How much of this is is been in the works for years versus is like a pivot to based off of what they've been doing uh, with, with kind of this rebranding of we're the gritty team in LA. Um, so I guess as far as like core message, um, do you think this is congruent with? who the Clippers have become or, or, you know, or are becoming. And um, how do you feel about that? Because part of me is like, you know, it, it's nice right now that they are this gritty team that, you know, they do have Pat Beverly, Montrez Harrell, um, you know, Kawhi and PG. And, and but, it, you know, we're looking at 2024. Like, you know, the, right. the fact of the matter is, P, uh, you know, PG and Kawhi might not be on the team in 2024. Like Pat Beverly might not be on the team in 2024. Montrez Harrell might not be on the team. Uh, so, you know, it's one thing to have a gritty blue collar team right now, but you're, I mean, if you're really basing your entire brand off of that moving forward, you don't know what your team's going to look like in five years. So I, I'm kind of like, you know, what, what if you're not a gritty team in five years? Well, like, what, what if that branding has kind of gone away, but now you've, you've really gone all in and committed to this? Um, so I, I guess th- there's a long winded way to get into this, but as far as like the branding and, and going in on black, like specifically, how do you feel about kind of the messaging behind that? Yeah, I mean, it's in, it's been interesting. Like we've talked about the the kind of the blacktop feel um, for more than a season now. Uh, I mean, last year, Pat Bev was such a huge voice in the team and, and obviously continues to be. He, he gave so much of that kind of blacktop attitude along with just the way Lou plays and when he does speak up, um, as well as just kind of the way Trez... <laughs> handles himself in general. So you, I mean, that attitude's there and I I love it. It's like a huge, it's a huge differentiator. The team playing so hard, like is amazing. Pat Beth popping off is, is just good for the team and what we're trying to accomplish. What's been interesting is now we're seven games into the season. And while Kawhi is certainly a hard worker, like does Kawhi give that feel at the end of the day? Like it's, it's been far more about like, look at this, robotic cyborg of a basketball player be just completely dominant along with the good old memes of every time he opens his mouth. Hey, 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 uh, whatever he might say next. So it's, it's funny. Like you want to tie the brand to the products. I mean, the product in this case being the, the actual team, but I think you bring up a great point where it's just like, is this, does this team look like this in four years? Now I think it's still totally worth pursuing. Cause I think it does differentiate them quite a bit from the Lakers, yeah, that's um, a good point. But as we look at like the right now and the kind of immediate future, like you, you brought the Nets, um, which I think is really important in that I actually have a buddy who's a, a diehard Nets fan. Um, and we actually refer to his team as, as Clippers East and the Clippers as Nets uh, West all of last season. Yeah. Like we were in similar spots as teams, like like very strong group that lacked the star player. Um, but was clearly set up to get them. And then him and I were texting each other like nuts all summer because he got Kyrie and KD and we got uh, Paul George and Kawhi. So it's been see you in the finals in two years between all of our text messages since that happened. Um, but as you look at that organization from a branding perspective, they have really nailed uh, the black colorway. Like their jersey set is fantastic. The stuff they did with Biggie is amazing. Like they've really done an excellent job. And to your point, like it's the Clippers have to have something ownable and that's where they have struggled in the past with branding. Like most of these, uh, I remember when the Clippers rebrand first happened, I read uh, probably on like Paul Lucas's uni watch, how most of these branding exercises are two year experiences for the team. Like when the bucks went to that green and cream colorway or the Raptors rebrand, those are two year exercises. The Clippers did it in a year obviously because of the ownership changes and wanting to kind of give a new look and feel. And it showed, it looked like a, like a half the time branding exercise. So for me, like, as I look at what the team has and like what equity they have as a, as a quote unquote brand, like the red and the blue and the name Clippers are, that's really what people have at this point. If you've been a Clipper fan for 20 years. So as we look at like actually evolving that brand, if we're going to go, like I said this earlier, like, I kind of want to see the red and the blue and the name Clippers succeed. I'm indifferent to what the lo- the logo is or the or the font is. We've never had like we've never had something ownable. We either had the cursive that felt like early Minneapolis Lakers or we had this current font. 
Um, but I'd love to see this succeed. And then I wish they had held off the black and this movement until they were able to roll it out wide across everything versus having like hints of red and blue and trying to tie them together. And it's not a totally natural fit. Yeah. And, and I'm interested to, to kind of see to where it goes from here. Cause it feels like they've been leaning, not only have they been leaning into black, but they've also been leaning into the blue and kind of phasing out the red. Uh, I don't. I don't know if you've felt that too, but it has felt like they've almost gone more Orlando Magic-y with, with black and blue as like the two primary colors. Like last season, uh, they did not wear a red jersey, and this season, there's no indication they're going to have a red jersey. Uh, you know, they they have been wearing white, black, and blue, and. You know, I I'd thought I was like, you know, red and blue is is a little, you know, that's that's a normal sports color. Like you, you go across multiple sports. There are plenty of teams like, uh, again, I mentioned the Cubs, but you can go down the line and, and you know, there, there's plenty of teams that are red and blue. But in the NBA, I was actually surprised, like really the only other team that's red and blue is the Detroit Pistons, who, you know, they're an iconic franchise, you know, won multiple championships. Mm-hmm. Bad Boy Pistons, you know, that 04 team. But I, I don't necessarily consider their jerseys as like iconic or, you know, their branding necessarily as iconic. Um, you know, I, honestly, the, the most iconic thing with them might be like those 90s, like teal jerseys, mm-hmm. uh, w- which, you know, at the time were, were maligned. So, uh, you know, w- with them, it, you know, I don't even really necessarily think of red and blue that prominently. But like with the Clippers, to your point, I feel like they had that kind of chance to own that and really have that as their as their colorway. And again, we don't know if they're you know going to take the red out, going to take both the red and blue out, or or just feature black most prominently and keep those two as kind of you know accessory colors. Uh, but it does feel like I'm kind of leaning towards it. It seems like they're just going to go black and blue and, and have black as the primary color, blue as like a secondary color. And red might be gone. I, I don't know that for sure. You know, there's no insight or, or reporting on that. But just from kind of looking at it, uh, you know, it does seem like they've they've phased out the red, and and that's actually been a thing that's been ongoing because, um, you know, e- even when they switched in, in 2015, they started to kind of phase out the red a little bit, started to wear blue more, uh, started to have blue as their primary road jersey, and then now it, it kind of has officially been like you know white at home and then black and blue on the road. Um, so. I'm curious though, like, do, do you, like, how do you feel about kind of that secondary color thing? Because, you know, for, for me personally, red's my favorite color. So <laughs> I'm a little bummed about that. I would love them to pick red and black over uh, black and blue. But, you know, there's also Portland, there, there's Miami, there's Chicago. Like, there are other teams out there that are black and red um, specific, where black and blue, I guess it only is the Orlando Magic off the top of my head. Uh, maybe there's another team I would have to, you know, look at each team's colorway, but that that's the only one that really stands out. Um, do, do you have a preference on the the blue and the, and the red, or how do you think they should kind of handle that? Yeah, I mean, so I think the the only context that we've seen the red, blue, and black together is from my least favorite type of jersey, which is the the logo jerseys. I've never been a logo jersey guy; just not my thing. Uh, and it's, it's especially hard for me because the Clippers logo is a vertical logo. So I've never loved the look of a vertical logo on top of the wider numbers. And that's really the main application that we have seen of the black, red, and blue colorway together. Yeah. Um, I tend to think like, so I'm open mind. I'm trying to be open-minded about it where it's like, maybe once they do another rebrand that has a, a new typeface, a new logo, it might work more. I tend to believe that, black, red, and blue are just not a terribly complimentary palette. Like I think when we saw, like it was such a big deal um, in the early two thousands when Kobe was on the cover of slam in the black Lakers Jersey, that was just a Nike like retail Jersey where it was black with the purple and gold uh, cursive Los Angeles fonts. And everyone loved it. And it was a big moment. And I was like, I want to get this. The Lakers should adopt this. One of the reasons that worked was just because the way the black, purple and gold complemented each other. And I feel like the current shades of red and blue next to the black, like it's just not very smooth. Like it doesn't look like it, it lacks that sexiness to pull it off. So maybe that's as simple as like slight tweaks in hues and saturation. Like we saw the Lakers go kind of more towards that, that neonish yellow uh, since LeBron got there. It might be just a tweak of that. 
maybe it's not using the white in conjunction with the black and red and blue. Maybe it's too much color. Um, so it's, it, it hasn't worked for me as a combo right now. I do hope they keep the red as an accent because it is part of, of who the Clippers have been. Um, but yeah, it's just, I, I think we haven't seen it like like all the puzzle pieces line up correctly to make it work. So going going back to the the black and blue colorway, I'm looking right now. Um, I mean, yeah, like there there really is no other team that has it outside the Magic. Um, I mean, th- there are teams that kind of kind of trend towards that way, but. You know, one team that we we hadn't mentioned yet that I really like what they've done is the Philadelphia 76ers. And they are another team that's red and blue. Uh, So, you know, I guess they'd probably be the most prominent red and blue team in the league. Uh, But, you know, from, uh, you know, I just think overall what the Sixers have done the the last few, I mean, Sixers have kind of always had great jerseys, uh, you know, going back to, um, the, the 70s and 80s, but but then, you know, again, in the 90s with, with Iverson and, uh, you know, th- those jerseys became iconic. Uh, and then they had kind of had their own redesign really like ongoing for the last like decade um, when, when they switched away from those jerseys and really leaned into uh, red and blue as the primary colors. But I think that that's kind of like the best case scenario is, um, you know, I think if you look at, you know, the, the 76 logo, uh, the Ben Franklin, you know, secondary logo, um, just the the Fila kind of script uh, across the chest, you know, and, and they've they've experimented with things, you know, they've had a cream jersey, they've had blue, they've had red, they've had black. Like, um, I really think the Sixers is probably the the high end kind of upside version of what the Clippers are doing, and that's a team that that has really committed to to red and blue. So. Uh, you know, honestly, if they're going to copy a, another team's strategy, I think the Sixers would be the, the one to copy uh, more so than even the Nets, uh, because the net, the Nets, I think the one thing with with black and and white, if you're if you're going to end up going directly that route, is you got to be really careful you don't become the San Antonio Spurs, right? Like you know that like that ended up becoming their brand, and it just fits so perfectly that all their branding is just so boring. And, and so like, and, and really the extent of them, um, you know, kind of branching out is those camo jerseys, which, uh, you know, not, <laughs> not for everybody. I mean, not for everybody. I will just put it that way. Like definitely not for me, not something I would ever rock. Um, I guess if you're in San Antonio, you, you know, that might be um, something you'd wear normally, but um, you know, yeah. now we're going off. <laughs> Uh, on a side tangent here, but yeah, I don't know. What, what do you think of the Sixers, you know, jerseys, branding, um, logos, because uh, to me, they're, they're, you know, somewhere in that top five in the league, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think they've done a great job. Like, I love the, uh, the throwback style classic edition they've done this year with that cursive fonts. Like, I think it helps. That they got two guys who like model jerseys quite well. Like Ben Simmons just looks like a stud when he's wearing these jerseys. He photographs well, he comes off cool. He has a lot of attitude and you put him and Embiid in these uniforms and they look like, like Greek gods. Like they look incredible. Same kind of thing with Giannis, like the Milwaukee Bucks rebrand looks better because of how Giannis wears it. So I think don't get me wrong. Like I love Kawhi, maybe not the most personable model to be showing off a Jersey in. Um, I think PG can do that, but I think like you, you mentioned like the Sixers color and how, and their just overall branding, how they've handled it so, so well, like, they have, I think they are one of those top five in the league. And I think it gets back to it's what they leaned into was what was ownable for them. Like the very stars and stripes type of approach, very classic retro things. They had a lot of equity in their history as a team and just found that really sweet spot of kind of modern retro. What does that look like in 2019 and 2020? And, and they're just, they've just nailed it. I think with the yeah. Clippers, it's, it's, it is that weird line where it's, don't we don't feel it's clear the team doesn't feel there's a lot of equity it's uh, bomber certainly wants to and deserves to put his stamp on what this organization is and we're kind of in a limbo state where frankly i don't think a lot of us thought we were going to be a championship contender this fast after the 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 lob city group was disassembled so you're we're kind of caught in this weird moment where you can't rebrand too fast because you get it wrong they've already proven they can do they can get it wrong very easily but we haven't figured out totally what's ownable 
for the team and what would actually like not only for the current fans, but they certainly want to expand their fan base, want to have significantly more Clipper fans, both locally and nationwide than they've had in the past. So it becomes almost this, again, this exercise of what is going to be truly unique for the Clippers. And right now we feel like we're in kind of a limbo state until they commit to what's essentially a full rebrand again. So it gets back to where I would have actually been okay with being very last five years ish of Clippers look because the big storyline this year is that the Clippers, a team that's been maligned by everybody for decades now has all of the best players and now has, is a very serious title contender and the favorite to win it. And that's the story is that the team, the team and the look and the feel and the Lakers little brother is now the best team in the league. So changing to something brand new now or trying to change to something new, it just doesn't totally jive with me. So let, let, let's actually discuss uh, for, for a little bit the, the City Edition jersey and, and court. Um, you know, we, we just kind of touched on it earlier, but uh, let, let's get a little more into it. Um, so, you know, white jersey, uh, really white and black, and you, you got the old English font. And what the way Mr. Cartoon explained it to me was he called it a capsule where, and you've already seen it a little bit. I, I don't know how much you've, you've seen of, of some of the other branding stuff they have coming out, but they're going to have hats, jerseys. Uh, I mean, obviously jerseys, uh, but like shirts, uh, sweatshirts, um, you know, they're, they're actually having like street art uh, across LA and, you know, he's going to be doing, um, different clippers, you know, murals and, and stuff kind of uh, across LA throughout the season. Um, he, he's going to be at games and they're going to be playing uh, different like mini videos during uh, timeouts and stuff and, and halftime, uh, kind of interviewing him about his background and his process and uh, the, the, the rebrand with the team. So there, there's kind of a lot here. And I actually like, I, I think, kind of making it feel more like a movement, making it feel more like um, an event versus just the typical rebrand. I, I actually like that. And I think there actually is, you know, a lot of, I think the sentiment is overall trending positive where, you know, Pat Beverly said it last season, you know, we're for the people in the back. And already the, the Clippers have, have leaned into that this year with, um, you know, Pat's, uh, partnership with Honey, where they have that section for the $10 tickets, uh, which I, I think is really cool. No other team in the league is doing that, um, where you know you, you can show up and uh, get $10 tickets, um, you know, for, from basically because of Pat Beverly uh, and his mom and, and just kind of the, the partnership they have with Honey. Um, so I, I do think that, as you mentioned earlier, like, they are they almost have to position themselves as the direct opposites of the the Lakers, you know. And you, if you saw um, their their new intro video and some of the billboards they've had uh, across the city, there are it, it, it's not even subtle. Like I, I tweeted out, it was subtle during opening night, but the truth is, it's not really subtle. Like they're going at the Lakers branding, and it's it's you know um, grit over glam and we over me and you know they have all these little sayings like you know x over y and x is the clippers and y is the lakers and that is really permeating throughout all their branding and part of me is like you know i guess like if if you really are going to position yourself on the opposite end of the you know the 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 aisle as the lakers and you're going to say you know we're anti hollywood anti showtime anti glitz and glam you know we're the gritty uh, other team, you know, we're, we're for the people in the back. We're for the blue collar people. And I think this city edition Jersey really is a, a step in the right direction for that because you are embracing LA street culture. You are embracing, um, you know, the, the kind of people that aren't always represented in, in sports teams and right. Like what other uh, off the top of my head, I can't think of another team, like not only in the NBA, but really in uh, professional sports in, in the U S that kind of, can embrace street culture and street art and you know what that means. And LA has such a rich history with that. Um, and LA is not, you know, everyone thinks of LA as uh, you know, Jack Nicholson and Denzel Washington sitting courtside, which it is. Uh, but it, there also are, you know, pockets of, of LA that 
um, you know, aren't as nice of areas and people don't have as much money and, and you know, th- th- they can only go to a game if it's a $10 ticket and, and stuff like that. So, you know, LA is so, you know, such a big city, such a wide, you know, ranging city with, with so many different types of people, races, ethnicities, cultures, like there is no, you know, really such thing as a one type of LA person. And I think for so long, we've, you know, people from the outside of associated LA, at least with sports and stuff as, you know, LA fans are fickle and they arrive at games late and they don't care. And, um, you know, it's just about the scene and being there. And like the Lakers very much were a part of that brand, but I, I think the Clippers are really positioning themselves as the opposite of that. And, and we're for the diehards. We're for the people that have been with us since 84, since we came to LA and, and have, you know, ridden with us uh, through these years of, of, you know, decades of, of futility. And, you know, we're honoring those people and we're honestly, you know, kind of embracing that culture. So, you know, again, a, a lot to unpack with, with this kind of, you know, contrast in um, branding, but, I, I do think, you know, with the Lakers kind of brand and, and the Clippers positioning themselves as opposites in mind, I really like the City Edition for that reason. I, I think it's cool that they're embracing LA street culture. And, um, you know, for that, I, I think this is a W. Yeah, no, I, I, I really like the the direction I think we think they're heading in that they're like the gritty side, like the LA street culture side. I really like that. I think kind of was saying earlier, like I want to see them fully embrace it, not just throw one Jersey and one court at it. Cause again, it just contrasts so heavily with what is, let's be honest, a very generic looking current logo. So like I, I'm totally down for that journey for them. I think it's a good way to do it. I think it's a good differentiator. I think to your, to your point about contrasting with the Lakers, like it, Yes, it does seem like a little odd to be thinking about a branding exercise like almost contrasting the other team. At the same time, they've got kind of one of the most unique branding problems in the league um, in 20, 40 years of not like frankly not winning and not performing as we'd all hoped. While the other team in town uh, is one of the most legendary sports franchises of all time. So they've got a lot to build for themselves. And I think the direction they're choosing is really smart, is really cool. Um, I think in the short term, kind of going at it from like an anti-Lakers perspective will work. And I think it's a good way for, for them to do that. Um, as far as the jerseys themselves, I think I, I personally don't love it for the reasons I've already said. Like I think as they build like more of a look and feel around that, I'd be more into it. Um, one of the things that I did notice that I think will be very, very true is that Jersey does not prominently say Clippers on it. It's got the Los Angeles in Mr. Cartoons, old English font, And there are a lot of people out there who are Paul George fans. There are a lot of people out there who are Kawhi Leonard fans. And uh, the reality I think is right now they will be more likely to buy a streetwear style Jersey that just says Los Angeles on the front and just the player name on the back. Then they are to buy something that says Clippers on the front. I, and I, I think that's, that's a great point that we hadn't touched on yet was, you know, w- we talked about like, I've said, uh, you know, on record, I'm in favor of changing the name. Uh, I get, if you win a championship with the name Clippers, you, you can't change the name Clippers. And it seems like this team um, you know, barring a disaster, <laughs> which, uh, you know, I don't want to jinx it, but, uh, with, with this team's <laughs> history, but, you know, barring a disaster, it does seem like they're going to win a championship over the next, I don't know, four years at, at some point, probably, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I think Kawhi and PG are going to resign. I don't think this is a two year thing. Um, I think they're going to be in LA for five to six years at least. And this team is going to have somewhere between a three to five year window and they're most likely going to win a championship. So if they win a championship, you can't change the name. If they don't, and this goes poorly, as we discussed, you know, last time, you probably have to change the name at that point, because if, you know, you can't even win a title with with Paul George and Kawhi, like you really just got to like exercise some demons and and, kind of sage, Sage the whole arena, sage the the offices, sage the brand, like just rebrand entirely. I think at that point, um, but we're gonna know soon because as we've seen from the renderings of the new arena, uh, you know they they have the giant 
Clippers logo on top of the arena. So if they're changing that, whether it's just, you know, changing the name or changing the logo, like they're going to have to have that ready in place by 2021, 2022, uh, just because, you know, you can't randomly, you know, uh, reveal your, your logo in, in 2024. I mean, I guess maybe you can, but I don't think they will. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm with I'm I'm with you. Like, I think from a branding perspective and, and really a sales and, and merchandising perspective, the Los Angeles with, with no Clippers branding actually is probably more appealing. And, you, you know, you're going to have more, more casual people kind of embracing that. And, and you know, I'm going to wear a Kawhi jersey that just says Los Angeles or a Paul George jersey. Um, it's also weird to me because they've taken Los Angeles out of their name officially. They're the LA Clippers, not the right. Los Angeles Clippers. So it is kind of weird to go back to Los Angeles instead of maybe an LA logo. Um, but so let's kind of move this forward where, you know, you have the 2024 um, you know year that they will be out of their Staples lease, hoping to move into Inglewood, the new arena that actually hit a snag recently uh, with some of the environmental stuff uh, where, you know, now they have to pass certain code uh, and, and, you know, health violate or not violations, but like uh, there's laws and, and zoning stuff. And, um, you know, they're going to have to kind of change some things to, to pass those. But, you know, assuming that goes through, assuming they get this new arena um, locked in and, and start developing it in, in 2021, with the, the current knowledge that we have of, you know, Black seems to be featured prominently in, in their future plans. Uh, we don't know what's happening with the red and blue. What, what would you like to see? You know, what, what, you know, is it, is it that full rebrand? Is it, is it that simple of, you know, we're leaning all in on, on the great and the blue collar and the black colorway? Um, or would you like to see them pivot to something else? Or you know, what do you want to see moving forward from this team with the current knowledge that we have? Yeah, I mean, it, it's for me, it's as simple as when, whatever the next kind of rebrand is for the Clippers, both like with moving to a new location or the next phase of the team. I just want to see them commit to whatever the future is going to be. So if it's going to be more street culture inspired, more black, less red, I just want to see them go full force into that and see what that looks like. So every time I see something that's Clippers related, it's all uniform and it works in a way that's that's complementary to one another. So whether that's we keep the red and the blue and we we keep the Clippers name and that's how we go to the new stadium, wonderful. If we keep the black, like let's say we go black and blue and maybe don't lean a street culture but try to maintain some of it, fine, great. I just want to see commitment either direction to that. Now, on the point of the name change, um, I've made a... I think I'm a, I'm a 15-year Clipper fan, and I don't know, like, there's a lot of diehard Clipper fans, and I, and I love and appreciate every one of them. Like, when I wear my Clippers gear anywhere, if somebody else is a fan, they will talk to me about the Clippers. I will get approached about that, and it's, it's always a good conversation. It's great to meet people like that. I think their plans are to hopefully significantly grow that brand and the level of fandom, the number of people like us, and I'm sure the listeners of this podcast, to make it a wider group. So I'm curious to see how they do that and what it would take to do that. I do think it kind of comes down to commitment, but if they do change the name, like the reality is, is that success solves all problems. Like there's a certain piece of NBA Twitter and NBA historical folks that really miss the Sonics. Yeah. But the reality is if we're being really honest, the conversation in the last 10 years hasn't been about the Sonics. It's been about how good the Thunder are because they had Durant. They had the team that went to the finals very early on before they traded to Harden and then Durant leaves. And it's the teams about Westbrook and the triple doubles and the MVP. Because even though the thunders like look and feel and brand like or their visual look and feel isn't great. It gets laughed at a lot. Cause it's kind of generic. Um, the actual like brand quote unquote brand of the thunder like has been quite strong and everyone's been okay with that. So if they change the name and they're very successful, like it, it'll solve all problems. That said, as someone who like is invested in this team for a long time and just wants to see this team win as a great underdog story, I prefer they keep it. Well, one uh, quick note was something that uh, upon listening to our uh, previous podcast, we, we hadn't really talked about the Thunder. Uh, and to your point right now, like 
you know, they, they don't have great branding and, and um, you know, the, the people criticize the logo and, and the court and all that stuff. But they were another team that was blue and orange because I had originally said I was like outside of the Knicks, you know, there isn't another blue and orange team. I was wrong. That's the Thunder. Um, but that also shows that they're, they're not top of mind when you're thinking about uh, logo and branding sure. throughout, throughout the league. Um, so I just wanted to quickly add that in for anyone who caught that. Um, during our, our last podcast, but I, I'm in agreement with you. Um, I, I think I, I, so one thing I'll say, which I actually think could be a potential positive here is, you know, you, you've mentioned them fully committing and, and going all in. And I totally agree with you. I wonder if there's part of them. That's almost like we did that too much with this rebrand in 2015 and, you know, the, you know, like you said, they, they fast tracked it, um, you know, they, they did it in, you know, a year, but I think it was even less than a year. I, you know, I think it was in a, a matter of a few months or, or you know, around six months uh, where they really kind of made the, 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 you know, we're choosing this logo, these colors, we're outsourcing it to these people. And, you know, they did that, you know again kind of botched it and and you know i think you're kind of seeing them try to fix those mistakes over these last few years but part of me is like maybe they are kind of wary of doing something too quickly and they're they're almost testing the waters a little bit before they fully commit to it um and again like if this wasn't the original plan in 2015 to you know eventually go to full black or or predominantly black you know, maybe this is something that really popped up within the last year as the team established this identity. And they're like, all right, well, let's let's kind of see how this is going. Let's see how this is working before we fully commit to making this our primary branding, um, which I think I guess could be a sensible approach, uh, you know, because you don't really want to commit to this fully, um, I think, without knowing that that's what you want to do. And so, I guess I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt in that regard, but I do think in, in a macro sense, I completely agree with you that at some point soon, they really have to pick a, a lane and lean into that. And, um, you know, they don't have that kind of illustrious history. Like, you know, when you, when you mentioned the Sixers, they don't have the, the, uh, you know, iconic branding of the Sixers. They don't have, you know, Dr. J and Allen Iverson and, and those guys, kind of as their historical figures that you can point to different moments with those jerseys and those colorways. And you know, the Clippers don't have that history. Um, you know, they, they have nostalgia for people like us who, who've been watching them for, for decades and, um, you know, going back to the early 2000s. And that's why for me, I'm a sucker for the, the cursive jerseys. I, I really would love for them to bring those back. Um, I think those have aged really well. But uh, yeah, like I, I think... Whatever they do, they're going to have to decide on it. But it does seem like it's it's going to be, um, you know, black colorway. It does seem like they're leaning into that grit, that blue collar, um, that L.A., you know, street culture. Um, I don't know if they're fully going to go into the, the street culture, but it does seem like it's going to be something that they factor in to some extent. Um, so any so we wrap up here, any final thoughts on this? Anything we didn't touch on that you'd like to say? Yeah, I mean, just give me a new logo. That that would make me happier than anything. Like like the the vertical logo game. I think it's grown on me quite a bit. Like the hat that I wear most, I've got a, a black hat that has the vertical logo quite small uh, in gold in the center of the um, of the front. And I love that hat. And there's certain applications I love with that vertical LAC logo. But I'd love to see it shift. Like I'd love like even if that's the black and the blue. Um, would love to see what a rebrand looks like. Just want to see it all roll out at the same time. So I'm, I'm curious, like that said, like I'm not thinking about that stuff right now overall because I'm just enjoying the team. Like the team is just so strong. Everything's going so well. Um, and it, like, it really looks like like they're, they're honestly better than I thought they were going to be. Like God knows I didn't think Pat Patterson was going to come in and, and be a force for this group. Um, but it's just, it, the whole team's playing so well. Like I'm, I'm just so, so excited about everything about the group right now that I, I just want to enjoy that. Yeah, no, I, uh, and I think you made the point earlier too, like winning cures all. And yeah. I, I think, uh, again, to go to the thunder, like, like you said, 
you know, they, they haven't had the best logo. They haven't had the best branding or, or the best colors. Although, although I actually kind of like their colorway. Um, but, you know, they've won a lot and they, you know, they didn't win a championship and they have the Harden trade and uh, now they've kind of lost all their stars. Although Shea's looking really good, man. Shea is uh, that one. A lot of Clipper fans are upset about that. I, I think, I think they'll they'll get over it once they see Paul George in a Clippers jersey and uh, <laughs> uh, see what that experience is like. But Shea is looking like uh, I think I've said it before, but I think he's going to be a, a future All Star. Um, so, but the, the Thunder have won, and that kind of is the cure all for everything. Like if you Clippers won a championship this year, you know we can nitpick the logo, we can nitpick the colors, we can nitpick whatever. Doesn't really matter. They're champions. You know that that's going. Um, you know that those videos and photos and stuff are, are going in NBA history, and it's going to be iconic. You know, good or bad. So uh, I think you know that that's kind of the thing here is if, if this team wins a championship within the next few years, like I think it kind of makes the rebranding process even easier because um, I, I think fans will again, like you said, Stockholm syndrome. Uh, fans will have Stockholm syndrome for this current branding, this current logo, this current look. And uh, I think it kind of gives the team a little extra leeway uh, moving forward, but we got to wrap up. You got stuff to do. I got stuff to do. Um, thank you for your time, Jack. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, we'll have to have you on in a non-branding capacity at some point on this podcast. Yo. Uh, but this has been fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me as always. It's always so fun to talk about this stuff. Um, I talk about branding and advertising um, and kind of social media content in general over on my Twitter, uh, which is JuiceboxCA. There's Clippers Talk uh, chimed in there from time to time as well. Um, but I, that's where I do kind of talk about all kind of the career stuff and my background as a branding guy. For those of you listening, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Yovan Buha. That is at J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. If you have not subscribed to The Athletic yet, you I don't know what you're doing. For a, a week for free, test it out, listen to my podcast, read my Clippers content, uh, check out our other great NBA coverage, and listen to our other NBA podcasts and, and make your decision then. Uh, but I, I think you will be... Pleasantly surprised if you have not subscribed yet with the content we're putting out. Um, I know you know pretty much all the reception I get on the athletic comment section and on Twitter has been positive. So uh, I think if you guys have not subscribed and you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, uh, you should check it out. As always, I will be back uh, later in the week. Uh, thank you guys for listening and I will talk to you soon.